I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. Welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 86 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I really appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the question, who is we? As you can imagine, I spend a lot of time talking to people about political issues and societal problems and and various things like that. And almost every single discussion, at some point, the person I'm talking to will use the term we, as in we need to do dot, dot, dot. It might be we need to provide health care for everybody or we need to educate our children or we need to take care of the poor. Here's my question. Who is we? Now, it may sound like I'm being smart aleck or snarky, and knowing me being kind of smart aleck and snarky, that's a fair assumption. But but really, it's a legitimate question. This is something that we really need to consider. Who is we? When we say we, what do we really mean? What I'm really drilling down to here is what constitutes our society? I don't think this is something people have taken enough time to think about and consider. So healthcare has been a big issue in the news lately with the uh, recent debacle in Congress. And so people are talking a lot about healthcare and what we should do. And I've heard a lot of people mention the Japanese system of late. Now the Japanese system is the one that we should emulate. They have high, uh, high life expectancies. Uh, apparently their healthcare system is working really well. Everybody's covered, et cetera, et cetera. And as I heard people talking about the Japanese system, the thought crossed my mind, how many people are we actually talking about? So I looked it up today. The population of Japan is 127.3 million people. So that's, that's a lot of people, no doubt. But think about this. It's roughly a third of the population of the U.S., which is somewhere in the neighborhood of 320 million. Some people will say as many as 350 million people. So there's a big difference in scale. And so anyway, what I was getting at was that maybe the Japanese system works because they're dealing with a smaller group of people. And you know, I, I don't know. I don't have any evidence for this, but it's just something that was bouncing around inside my head. So the other day after I had thought about this, I ran into a column by a guy named Tim Warstall in Forbes talking about healthcare systems around the world. And he pointed out that 
in very, very few cases do you actually have a universal single-payer system. It's either universal or it's single-payer. It's very rarely both. He pointed out that the three Nordic systems, so that's like Denmark and, and Finland and Sweden, I think were the three he were looking at. He said, although they are all single-payer, it is the municipality which collects the money, the tax to pay for health care, and it is the municipality which then spends that money. He said, I maintain that this is rather why those Nordic social democracies work too. And then he made an interesting observation. The Danish national income tax rate is 3.76%. Did you catch that? 3.76%. That's the Danish national income tax. He said the top Danish income tax rate is 15%. That's like our lowest bracket. He said the place the money really gets gouged is at the level of the commune. And that can be as small as 10,000 people. And it is thus a much, much smaller unit than, America, than an American county. That money is raised locally and spent locally, and that, I insist, is why people are happy enough that they've got to pay so much tax. So when you talk about we in the context of the Danish healthcare system, you're talking about a much smaller unit. You're talking about 10,000 people. Their conception of society is reduced. As opposed in the United States, where society is 320 million people spread out over thousands of miles. This is the key point. I believe that we conceive of society in too big of terms. In his article, Tim talks about what he calls Bjorn's beer effect. This is how he describes it. He says, you're in a society of 10,000 people. You know the guy who raises the local money and allocates that local tax money. You also know where he has a beer on a Friday night. More importantly, Bjorn knows that everyone knows he collects and spends the money, and also where he has a beer on a Friday. That money is going to be rather better spent than if it travels off possibly 3,000 miles into some faceless bureaucracy. I've said this for a long time about my state representatives, state senators. I know them. I know where my state representative's business office is. I could just walk in the door and say, hey, how are you? I know my state senator personally. I babysat her kids when they were growing up. So there's a much closer relationship. I know where these people grocery shop. It's not unlikely that I will run into them at some point in the near future out and about in town. Now, compare that to your national people. How many of you actually know your U.S. senator or your congressman personally? Very few people have that kind of close personal relationship. And those kind of close personal relationships matter. I absolutely think Tim is right. When you know people, when you're closer to people, when the society is, is drawn down into tighter corners, you're more likely to have better government. And that's why I'm so obsessed with this idea of decentralization, of breaking up monopoly government. It's just absurd that we want everything to emanate from Washington, D.C. This is not the proper way to look at we. We don't have to be 320 million people. I don't have anything in common with people in California or people in Alaska. God bless them. I love them. You know, I stand together with them for national defense and, and those type of things, but I don't need their input in my health care. My society is much smaller. I could say society even goes down to the neighborhood. We need to quit conceiving of our society in such large terms. 
This idea of scale was actually an issue during the ratification of the Constitution, with some opponents saying that even at just 13 states, the country was already too big for a single government. But as Brian McClanahan really did a good job pointing out, the supporters of the Constitution said this wasn't going to be a problem. Why? Because as James Wilson of Pennsylvania said in 1787 during his state's ratifying convention, quote, in the general government, its objects are enumerated and are not confined in their causes or operations to a county or even a single state. Because the general government was intended to legislate for general purposes, such as commerce and defense, and leave all else to the states. And because its powers were circumscribed by the Constitution, the Congress did not need to understand the situation of every country, town, and district in the United States. He said, to support with vigor a single government over the whole extent of the United States would demand a system of the most unqualified and most unremitted depotism. So James Wilson, an extremely influential supporter of the Constitution, he agreed that the country was too big for a single general government if it was trying to do everything. But a limited federal government, that was going to be fine. Thomas Jefferson echoed this same idea. He said, our country is too large to have all its affairs directed by a single government. Public servants at such a distance and from under the eye of their constituents must, from the circumstances of distance, be unable to administer and overlook all the details necessary for the good government of the citizens and will invite public agents to corruption, plunder, and waste. Prophetic, huh? We need to think of a smaller we. Stop thinking of your society as the United States. Consider it just your state, or even your locality, or maybe just your neighborhood. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from a Hairy Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. Make sure you head to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, it is free. And you're welcome to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.mahari at 10thamendmentcenter.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.